Till Death Do Us Part is a lighthearted and sometimes satirical true crime podcast where we present our dysfunctional married take on serious cases involving other dysfunctional relationships. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the 83rd episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. I have a podcast recommendation. Oh, good. I've been binging this podcast, and I've actually been listening to it with our kids, and they really like it, and it's called Southern Gothic. Oh. And it's ghost stories, horror stories, that kind of stuff from the South. Fun. It's pretty cool. And in the background, they have, sometimes they have like campfire sound going or like forest sound going and the chirping of. I don't know what chirps. Tweet, tweet. June bugs. (laughs) Chirping June bugs? What what twerps? Twerps or chirps? Chirps. Birds. No, but there's animals like with their legs. What are those? Grasshoppers. Crickets? Yeah, crickets. Sure. Oh, see, I just ruined it. But that they have that in the background and it's very well produced. And the guy has an amazing voice. So Go check it out. There's no cussing. You can listen to it with your kids. And you can or hear not. chirping crickets. Yeah, it just sounds cool. The production value is very high. No, I get it. It's not like this. Should we get crickets in the background? I when don't know. When there's dead air, we just play crickets. Cricket, cricket. What do crickets sound like? I don't know. Chirp, chirp. Yeah. <laughs> chirp, chirp. <laughs> Daniel, you got some factoids for me? I'm going to read something, and I don't know if they're facts. I'm getting them off the internet. Someone will tell you whether or not your facts are correct. So just assume they're 100% made up because they're from the internet. Okay, I'll assume. So, And you too, Karen. You too. Who is Karen married to is my question. Kevin. Is it Kevin? Our kids told us that the male version of Karen is Kevin. Which also has happens to be Daniel's middle name. Don't tell them that. What? Because then, then they'll know. That your middle name is Kevin? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not like my middle name is Karen. And if it was? That'd be funny. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Go. Funny. It would be funny. Go on with your factoid self. This is from INSH with squiggly line. I don't know what that means. Uh, you've probably eaten beaver anal secretions. I can almost guarantee I haven't eaten anal secretions from a beaver. These are something relating to facts relating to animals. Okay. I'm not going to call them factoids. Yay! Everybody loves these. So from beaver anal secretions, it's called castorium. And it is the yellowish secretion of a beaver's caster sac, which is basically the bladder they use to mark their territory. It's full of anal liquids and urine all mixed together, and it's been used for years to bring out the flavor in vanilla ice cream, (gasps) add a musky aftertaste to cigarettes, and add a fruity note to perfumes. Okay. Oh, God, I'm a little nauseous. So here's the deal. 
I started really kind of diving into it. Like I spent a long time, like three minutes. And into the they anus. don't really use it that much anymore because obviously it's kind of hard to collect because the beavers just aren't that copacetic to letting you squeeze their buttholes. Well, they should use dogs then because dogs have those nasty Do you know how things. horrible that would make your ice cream taste yeah. if you used dogs? Why would you use that in ice and, cream? And who was the first one who was like, I wonder if this would enhance flavors? The same guy that wears the beaver um, hat. It's very expensive because it's very hard to get and almost no one uses it anymore. But it's a random useless bit of information. Okay. There you go. No one's going to eat vanilla ice cream ever again. I'm going to butcher this name. Proboscis monkeys. Oh, God, monkeys. Um, These lovely creatures have a raging erection all the time. <laughs> And they are extremely <laughs> aggressive and raging all the time. Sounds like some guys I, I knew in high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I don't know if one coincides with the other, like they're raging all the time because they have an erection or they're whatever. Anyway, so they're constantly just freaking out, screaming at each other <laughs> and flicking this bright red um, <laughs> protuberance. Those are the ones that flick them all the time. They Probably. like always like beat them back and forth. I get, what, what else are you going to do? It's there. I know. I know. It's like, oh my gosh. Are these guys at the zoo or do they keep them in the back? I don't know. I know I've seen documentaries about these monkeys. <laughs> monkeys are crazy horny bastards. If you look at the picture, it's a monkey with his legs spread wide apart and a bright red schmegel poking out beautiful monkeys without the stick okay tell me what the nose looks like the nose looks like a a penis yeah so they have have top and bottom anyway top and bottom so there's that um wow yeah (sighs) i think i've read this before but i'm gonna do it again the greater short horned lizard squirts blood out of its eyes that is a no, you've never done crazy that crazy image that someone yeah. managed to capture. Why? It is a it is an awesome looking lizard. It's very horny. I mean, it has spikes. <laughs> it's spiky head. Um with a jet of blood squirting out of its eye. All right, I'll post that. Oh my gosh. Well, why is it squirting blood? Is it that time of the month? Yeah. No, I don't know. I believe it does it when it feels threatened. Okay. Shoots blood. It doesn't trickle. It shoots. It's a real blood projection from the eye sockets, splattering things up to four feet away like a water gun. It's talent. And it doesn't hurt. It doesn't do anything. Oh, good. All right. So that's just their, like, don't come near me. <laughs> and it just squirts <laughs> blood out of its eyes, like, oh, okay, I'll leave you alone. All right, now, never mind, sir. I'll back up. Just I'll kidding. back up. Like, oh, that's oh, just okay. goofy. So scorpions are kind of scary little creatures, right? Mm-hmm. If you're out in the deserts. Yeah. Pretty common. You see them. If you're hungry, you can eat them. Yes. Just got to be careful because if they sting you, it's really bad news. Okay. If they sting and the stinger gets stuck and it rips off, they run off, right? Mm-hmm. No big deal. Yeah. If that happens to them, they will eventually die of constipation. Oh, because they poop out of that? Because that was their butthole. <gasps> oh. It says, 
they've got those wicked stingers curling up in their backs to defend themselves with. And if the stinger gets lodged in an enemy, the scorpion can actually tear it off and run away while the stinger keeps pumping venom into their would-be attacker. Except, the stinger is more than a stinger, it's the whole tail section, and inside the tail section is a scorpion's anus. And those tails do not grow back. So what happens to all the poop when there's no butthole for it to come out of? Just explodes. The tailless scorpion is constipated for the rest of its shortened life. Physically incapable of relieving itself, it will gradually fill up with poop until it explodes. Oh, gosh. There you go. And that can take months. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's like a pregnancy. So so if you see one without a stinger, you're like, oh, God. How far into his months-long constipation death is he? I feel kind of connected to the scorpion at this moment of my 40s. I feel like that's my spirit animal. Okay, I got to read this. What? It all happens in stages. They get so clogged up that a section of their remaining tail blows off and all the built-up crap shoots out. (gasps) Oh, it's sad. (laughs) Then it starts again. Boom! And then again. Boom! And again, until there are no more bits of tail left to release the pressure. So the last time they get filled up with poop ends with one final explosion of the poor creature's entire body and eight months of agony is finally over. The end. So they feel it. So they just have explosive pieces of their body come off along with all the poop. And it just keeps getting shorter and shorter until they have no more hanging off of them. And then their whole body just explodes in a poop explosion. My heart is breaking (laughs) for these scorpions. See, you can't make this stuff up. No, I will think about this every day for the rest of my life. I have never heard that before. No, I kind of don't want to know that. Okay, and then I have read this before, but it's... It's related, so I'm going to read it again. When male bees mate, their sexual organs explode, right? We already kind of knew that. Did we? I don't remember that. After copulating with the queen. Copulating. (laughs) Their testicles explode and their genitals fall off (gasps) inside the vagina of the queen bee, effectively plugging it (laughs) so that no other bee can go and do his thing with the queen. Oh, nature is amazing. (sighs) That's it. Wow. With the queen. Okay. With the bee. Then he knows for sure they're his. All right, back to pooping. Lovely. Didn't you say your spirit animal is a sloth? Yes, until the scorpion thing with the constipation. Oh, now you're you're connecting with the scorpion. I I feel a little more connected to the scorpion. The title of this one is Sloths Almost Die Every Time They Have to Poop. Uh, Okay, I'm back to feeling like a spirit animal with the the sloth. Okay, so they're very slow-moving creatures, right? They spend Mm -hmm. most of their entire lives up in a tree doing almost nothing, which is amazing. If only. But also because they do things very slowly, it also takes them a very long time to poop. Okay, that makes Sometimes sense. Sometimes the, their bowel movement can take up to a month to basically digest food. So usually they only need to poop maybe once a week. Okay, As yeah. opposed to some other creatures that poop like every Constantly. 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do not poop up in their tree. No, so, you don't poop where you eat. No, but 
why wouldn't you poop up in the tree? Everything else does that's up in trees. Okay. But they live in trees. Yeah. So what do they do? They have to make their way all the way back down to the ground just to poop. And that's when they get attacked. That's when they get attacked. Oh. No one knows exactly why. And the ground is very dangerous because of predators. Maybe they're just really clean animals. And they, they, they move really slowly so they're easy prey once they get down on the ground. Basically, pooping is clearly a huge deal for the sloth. And it can say it can lose up to one third of its body weight when it poops because it basically stores everything up for a week and then unleashes holy hell once it gets down. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. It says it gives out one long squishy go that looks like a ripe banana. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love these descriptions. It really yeah. helps. I mean, you are at your most vulnerable when you're sitting down. To go to Pooping the Pooping out a ripe banana. Absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, anybody's at their most vulnerable. Yeah. So it says nobody really knows why they do that. Is that it? There's so much more, but that's Save them it. for later. All right. A lot of poop. Thanks, Daniel. You're the best. And beaver anal juice. Oh, God. Gross. Daniel. Melissa. You ready for my case? Yes. All right. This is the case of Cipriano, who also went by Phil. Sure. And Barbara Garcia. How does a Cipriano turn into a Phil? Um, just is, huh? Just is. All right. I, I could see it. Cipriano. Spell it out. Cipriano. It can be a Phil. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> kind of. All right. Well, Phil. We're going to call him Phil. Kind of like if my name was John, but people call me Steve. Or your name is John and you go by Jack. That doesn't make any sense. It's, just, it's, it's still the a same J. syllables. <laughs> it's the same amount of letters, right? Sure. All right. On November 3rd, 2003, in Southern Cooks County, Illinois, just over the Indiana state line, a man was walking through a wooded tree line along the banks of the Forest Preserve Pond off the Sauk Trail looking for cans and copper. As he neared the shore, he spotted a blue tarp lying in the brush. Curious, he walked closer and pulled back an area of the tarp. Not only was this man overcome by the distinct smell of decomposition, but he also saw what looked like human remains. The man moved away from the body and yelled for help. He was able to get the attention of a local man fishing in the pond who called 911, notifying police of what was just found. Within minutes, investigators were on the scene. The blue tarp was wrapped tight with an orange electrical cord. Attached to the blue tarp with the electrical cord were two cinder blocks. The cinder blocks had areas of red spray paint on them. Do you have any questions yet? Are you picturing this in your head? Yeah. You look confused. No, it's fine. Okay. I'm still stuck on how the hell he's planning on collecting copper. He's Are walking along for Are looking for cans and copper. Yes. Where is he going to find copper? Like copper wire? Yeah, copper wire. Why would there be copper wire? There was a Ford Motors company nearby. Would they have copper? 
inside the facility, but wouldn't right. be just lying around. But okay. okay, sure. All right. That's so all I was thinking. Body wrapped up, electrical cord, cinder blocks, spray paint. Okay. Cool. Wrapped inside the blue plastic tarp was a large area rug. Rolled inside that area rug was the body of an older male, obviously dead. Right, right. The man had what appeared to be a large road rash on his forehead. Okay. So, you know, the, when kids fall and scrape yeah. their knees, that's what I'm picturing. Okay. Okay. And blood smeared across his face. But that was all. There were no other wounds seen on that body. The man was wearing a white t-shirt and pajama bottoms, but no shoes and no identification. Okay, so t-shirt, pajamas, no shoes, like he just woke up. Right. Like he was in for the evening. Assuming he wears clothes to bed. He wears the full pajama Like from the 50s. Sure. Or he was just chilling at home watching TV. When I retire, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm just going to wear pajama bottoms and a t-shirt. You do that, darling. Right? I keep calling you darling. Why? All right, here we go. Investigators determined that the man must have been the victim of a homicide. Okay, well, of course, he's rolled in an area rug in a blue tarp. Yeah, it seems a little disposed of premeditated yeah Yeah, absolutely that was the part i was like uh, well obviously well i mean someone has to say it okay (laughs) we think we think this is a victim of homicide well yeah but i mean at some point someone actually has to declare it right true whoever had rolled his body up in the rug and tarp had attempted to dispose of the body into the pond possibly trying to roll the package down the steep embankment from the upper road. But it appeared that the rolled tarp became caught in some brush and stopped. The man never made it into the pond to possibly sink and never to be found. Right. That's kind of what I figured. Mm -hmm. Especially with the cinder blocks. Right. Had it tumbled, right? Because the cinder blocks were attached to the roll. Yes. So it was this to the electrical cord that was wrapped was, around. Right, right. The so it was all roll. contained. Yes. So it in, was a package. Yeah. So in theory, that whole thing would have gone to the pond and probably would have never been found mm-hmm. until they had a drought. True. That would have been interesting. The sad part is in the ponds, they have the crawfish or crayfish, depending on which part of the country you're from, and they will eat all of that. Yes. They and will then you eat pick it. Pick it clean. An autopsy was given to the man the next day. He did not have any bullet or stab wounds to his body. There weren't any ligature marks found either. So he was never tied up, nor was he strangled. There was nothing. Huh. Just the road rash on his forehead. Well, that's... That's strange, right? Curious, yeah. And there was no sign of a fatal injury. So how did this guy die? Right. The road rash found on his forehead happened post-mortem, meaning he had been dragged sometime after he had died. Okay. But then they said he had blood on his face. So I don't believe you bleed in post-mortem because your heart has stopped beating. Well, yeah. There's a lot of blood in your head and face. So, I mean, if it was shortly after he died and they started dragging him, 
I mean, the blood from the exposed skin could kind of spread. I mean, yes. I don't, it didn't say how much blood, like a little bit of blood or like he's I believe it was just blood. a little bit of blood. Like yeah, you could still so, see his face and all that kind of stuff. He just had this road rash. Right. Unless he has essentially a hole for the blood to drain out, then his mm-hmm. body is still containing all of its blood. Right? Yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so let's say they're carrying him feet up, head down, heads just dunk, dunk, just bouncing along on the ground and it's just getting tore up. Yeah. Well, then the blood's going to ease, just start oozing out. Okay. Cause it, but it's not going to be squirting out well, because no. it's not coming. No, but just gravity. Yeah, right, gravity. gravity. And, and it's there. So yeah. it's going to come oozing out. No, so. that makes more sense because I just, I always have a lot of questions too when I'm researching these things. So I'm picturing, I like to have my questions answered as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's, probably not good to Mm -hmm. say I would do that because I wouldn't. But if I were dragging a body rolled up or about to be rolled up, you know, and his head's down. Yeah, you carry him by the feet. Right, so I'm dragging him along and his head's just dragging because I don't care because I'm about to roll him up and dump him in a pond. So what do I care what his face looks like? Ugh. Right? What a a horrible feeling. Well, we don't know what happened. Maybe he was was an annoying neighbor. Okay. Well, I mean, I know what happens, so I should get into this. All right. All right. Well, I don't, so I'm just (laughs) picturing. So what was this man's cause of death? Yes, what? A toxicology analysis was ordered by the medical examiner, along with a rush on the fingerprints that were immediately sent off to the state lab. Within 24 hours, investigators had a name. Korean War veteran and Purple Heart recipient, 71-year-old Cipriano Phil Garcia. Oh, man. Yes. Okay, so he's a good guy, so now I feel bad. I know. I know. Phil resided in Hobart, Indiana, about 30 minutes from the pond he was found near. Phil joined the Army at 17 years old and served two terms in the Korean War. He was injured during a bombing and taken as a prisoner of war. Jesus. Okay, so 17. Yeah. Holy crap. After his release, he was awarded a Purple Heart and returned home to Hobart, Indiana. Phil took a job as a die setter with Ford Motor Company, which was a high-class job within that company. That's what I want to do when I grow up. Well, what is a die setter? Because I knew you would be able to tell me. So it's a, if they're machining something, there's dies, which basically are a, well, it could be lots of things, but. Basically, it you know, it's an assembly line. So they're making mm-hmm. the same parts over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So when they set up for a machining process on an assembly line, they set the dies. Let's say they're turning some piece of metal. Then there are the forms, which actually grind the shape into the metal. Usually you hear like a tap and die set, mm-hmm. which would be if you have like a bolt mm-hmm. and you need to redo the threads on the bolt the tap is basically the part that goes in right Mm -hmm. and then the die is the part that it would go into okay the threads so if you think like a bolt screwing into a nut Mm -hmm. the die is essentially like the nut oh so it's not actually a color no, 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 no. Oh, no. okay. See, I was thinking no, it was ta- like a no. paint type no, of thing. No, no, die. Oh, okay. No, it's actually machining process. Oh, okay. Well, so see, if you're a die setter, it just means that they're setting up 
for a manufacturing run on something. Oh. And yeah. Look at you. Yeah, and then and then you have to have it all set up. So let's say they're building a new type of engine and then they gotta run a certain part of this engine through, then they have to set the whole system up. Okay, so it's a very important job. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah, that's enough. Okay. (laughs) I could talk for hours about it, but I know you could people would just click. Phil met his wife, Barbara, at a mutual friend's wedding in 1961. She was 10 years younger than him and had a nine-month-old baby girl. Within a few months, Phil and Barbara were married and had settled down into a very nice middle-class life. Phil officially adopted Barbara's daughter, Tammy, and within a few years, the couple added three boys to the Garcia family. Wow. Eventually, Barbara was able to go back to school and became a licensed practical nurse. After 41 years of marriage, Phil and Barbara were enjoying a quiet and simple life. They had raised four children and both were happily retired, both collecting pensions and Phil a nice monthly social security check. I don't know what that is. I don't think I ever will. (laughs) Sorry. Too, too soon. Uh, too soon. Right, After learning that the body found wrapped in an area rug and tarp was that of Phil Garcia, investigators drove to Phil's last known address, less than 48 hours after his body was found. So this went fast. Yeah, they were on it, sounds like. It was a nice cinder block middle class home on the corner lot of a well kept and family friendly street. Investigators knocked on the front door, and there was no answer. Since there were no fences around the property, the men decided to just take a quick look around the Garcia's home. It didn't take long for the investigators to spot some unusual coincidences. Up against the back fence was a stack of cinder blocks, all neatly stacked. So picture this, one on top of the other, perfectly stacked. It was obvious that there were two cinder blocks missing. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not good. And all of the cinder blocks had overspray of red spray paint. Huh. What are the chances? Right. Near the house, there was a picnic table. On that picnic table was a plastic wrapper that had a large blue tarp folded nicely inside. Upon further inspection, it was concluded that the package originally had two tarps in that package, but one was missing. Is this coincidence or is this evidence? Well, it is circumstantial (laughs) evidence if for now, unless they can prove somehow that it literally came out of that package, Uh right? Well, right before investigators were set to leave, Barbara, Phil's wife, arrived from the grocery store. She invited the men into her home. The investigators noticed the family photos all around the home, spotting Phil front and center in many of them. At 61 years old, Barbara appeared much older. She was very small and meek, just this little grandma. Okay. White hair and glasses. Gotcha. Like golden girls. Yes. 
the just oldest, like the Golden the Girls, the oldest appearing Golden Girl who actually was the youngest. Yes, in real life, Estelle Getty. Yes, <laughs> I don't remember their name. She played Sophia. So we have mothers who are older, and they keep themselves very together. Sure, they don't look their age. No. When I show you pictures of Barbara, she looks a lot older than what she actually is. She looks 78. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. She didn't go to the local Walmart and get herself some hair color and put on a red lip. Right. No, that was not the type of woman that she was. I don't do that either. The investigators told Barbara that her husband, Phil, had been found deceased. Barbara appeared shocked and flabbergasted by the news, but no tears. While talking with Barbara, one of the investigators happened to look down and noticed an outline in the carpet. It appeared that there used to be a rug under the coffee table. He distinctly saw a clean outline showing that a large rug had once been there. Can you picture this? Of course. You know, a rug's been there for a long time. You're walking around it, animals, all that kind of stuff. So there's this distinct line that starts to happen. Yeah, they're old people, so they have that old carpet that's yeah. been there since like 1942. Right. And uh, it's faded all around the area rug. Right. Yeah. The investigator also noticed a photo on the television stand that was a shot of the exact living room. Under the coffee table in that photo was the exact rug that Phil had been found rolled up in. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Before the investigator could say anything about the rug being missing, Barbara and Phil's daughter, 42-year-old Tammy, walked in the front door. Okay. She had moved back in with her parents the month before. Tammy had forgotten to pay the taxes on her home, so she was forced to move out. She forgot to pay the taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they send you a notice saying, hi, um, <laughs> yeah, so you're delinquent on your taxes. Yeah. Would you like to pay them? She might have put it in the freezer and thinking it would go away. They will then send you another letter saying, we now are going to do something about it. Would you like to pay it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I'm going to borrow Sarah and Megan's famous line from It's Always the Husband. When I'm describing Tammy. Okay. To say Tammy was a handsome woman is an understatement. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, Tammy. She was not very attractive. Yeah. I think you can picture Tammy. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) She just looked like she'd lived with her parents for much longer than a month. Right. Well, she's Mm -hmm. 42. That's not, it's only a a year younger than you. I look good. Yeah. Yeah. You don't look a day over 43. Shut up. Barbara turned her attention to Tammy and said, dad is dead. According to the investigators, there was no reaction from Tammy. What? She just sat down. No questions asked. Oh, that's bizarre. When asked when the last time they had seen Phil was, Barbara answered that they hadn't seen him since the evening of of October 30th. Barbara admitted that she and Phil had argued that night. Can you guess what or why or who they argued over? Um, Is that when Tammy Tammy came back? Yeah, Tammy was back. The Tamster? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, they argued over Tammy. Fun. Well, she's freaking 40-something, <laughs> and she moved home? Yeah. Phil thought it was high time that Tammy moved out, but Barbara refused to kick her out because she had nowhere to go. It seemed like Tammy and Barbara were a team, and Phil was kind of left out of the loop. Okay, I'm way too mathematically logical in this. Okay, so if she forgot to pay her property taxes, that means she has a house. She's not renting it, right? Because if she was renting it, she wouldn't be paying the property taxes. Right, she must have owned it. Okay, so she owned the house, or she's buying the house. Okay, sell the house, right? Right. Because let's say you owe $1,000 in property tax. I don't know how much the house is worth. Say she owes $1,000 in property taxes. Worst case, she sells the house... And, you know, let's say she only gets $10,000 in, in equity out of the house or whatever. She pays $1,000. She gets 9000 right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now she takes nine grand, goes and gets a little tiny apartment, puts her big girl britches back on, right? Mm-hmm. I just said britches. Big girl pants back on and continue her life. Why did she have to move home? Because she forgot to pay her property taxes. That's, That's a great question. Driving me nuts. Okay. All right, I'll yeah, stop. I don't have the answer for you. I'm sorry. <sighs> All right. <laughs> well, Phil got mad. He got dressed and stormed out of the house, never to be seen again. To investigators, Barbara seemed like a kind and neighborly grandmother. She didn't have a motive. She couldn't have killed Phil. There's no way. Looking at her, there's no way. She is little and meek and mild Mm -hmm. and white hair with glasses. Yeah. All right. Now, Tammy has a motive, right? Because Phil wanted her out. But she seemed meek and quiet, too. She did not look like a killer. But did Barbara know more? Was she lying to protect Tammy? Which is not a far stretch because a lot of moms will lie to protect their children. The investigators decided they needed to talk to Barbara and Tammy separately. The next day, the two women were interviewed at the police station in two separate rooms. When asked if she was nervous, Barbara answered no. She had seen a lot of cop shows. (laughs) Oh, that's an interesting response. But not very good cop shows because as soon as she started to talk, there were inconsistencies in her story. And the more the investigators started telling her about the evidence they had found, including the missing cinder blocks, the extra blue tarp, and the area rug, the more Barbara dug herself into a hole. Finally, Barbara confessed. Oh. She confessed. To what? To killing her husband. Well, that's not very nice. She said that on the night of the 30th, she and Phil were arguing and he became physical. Let's get physical. (laughs) She got scared. Physical. And threw a snow globe at his chest. Oh. Okay, here's my question. Who would have a snow globe globe out in October? Isn't that like a December thing? All right, right, we don't have to get into that. Maybe she collects things. She has a lot of knickknacks in the house. She's a knickknack paddywhacker. Yes. Uh Maybe she has a china hutch, (laughs) right? A menagerie. Full of snow globs. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, And they're all dusty because she doesn't want to dust them. All right, well, she threw it at his chest, and Phil was stunned, and he sat down on the couch. Barbara left the living room and locked herself in the bedroom. 
After a few minutes, she came back out and found Phil motionless on the couch, right where she had left him minutes before, and he was dead. Now, remember, she's a nurse, so she can tell when people are dead. So she hit him perfectly in the chest with a snow globe. Yes. And it stopped his heart? Maybe. And, I mean, that's what she's suggesting. Well, Barbara panicked. Sure. If Phil was deceased, she would lose the money he earned from his retirement checks and Social Security. Well, if that's how they right. set it up. Right. Yeah. She couldn't live off of what she was bringing in alone. Okay. Barbara decided the best thing she could do was conceal Phil's death. Sure. She was able to get Phil's 240-pound body off the couch and onto the area rug. Well, he's up, so it's easier to pull him down than to take him from down and bring him to up, I suppose. As she was starting to roll him up in that area rug, Tammy came home. And according to Barb, I'm going to start calling her Barb. Sure. Tammy was not thrilled with the idea and wanted to call 911, but Barb insisted this was the only way. So no one's tried to give him, like, rescue breaths. No, he's gone. (laughs) CPR. No. But, right? I mean, nothing. Yeah, no, she didn't even try anything. Call 911. No. I just did a CPR Mm -mm. class. Smack him in the face. Hey, are you okay? Beat on his chest. He's not breathing. Call 911. No. Okay, rescue breaths, chest compressions. (laughs) She didn't do anything. I don't suppose she had an automatic defibrillator device. No, that was not located. Okay. Tammy reluctantly agreed, and the two women rolled Phil up and dragged him out to the garage. And that's how he got the road rash on his face. Okay, so their daughter is just like, oh, okay, fine. Well, let's roll him up. Like, she's that calm? I don't know if she's that calm, but she was saying, no, Mom, let's call 911. You know, let's do this properly. And Tammy's telling her, no, we can't live off of just what I make. We still need dad's benefits and stuff. (sighs) Oh, my gosh. You know what I think they should have done? What? I think they should have Bates motelled it and stuffed him and put him in a window in a rocking chair. (laughs) And then if anyone asks, they're like, oh, yeah, he's up there in his room. You see him up there, but he doesn't want to come out right now. Mm, That's a lot of work for two women that. Probably well, didn't a, like to work. They rolled them. Yeah, that's true. You know, okay, so I picture Tammy. You asked me what I'm thinking. Uh-huh. I picture Tammy as Melissa McCarthy. I did too. But and that's because, because she plays a character named Tammy. I love that movie, Tammy. But, so that's right. And she's kind of a- Handsome woman. Handsome woman. In the movie. Who can't seem to get her life mm-hmm. going. And she keeps coming home. Mm, right? Okay. Yes, you see where I I'm see going. Where I'm going. Yeah, I and see where you're going. Three mm-hmm. people that know what I'm talking about. Uh, that was a great relate. <laughs> but it's like that, right? So mm-hmm. you got the kind of handsome uh, daughter, you know, who's mm-hmm. in her who's forty, and just just, just life's just miserable. Anyway, Not a right. happy camper. Bob and Tammy could not get Phil up into the bed of his truck, so they left him on the garage floor and covered his body with the tarp. Then they went back inside and watched TV. <laughs> <laughs> they admitted to that? Yeah, they did. They were probably watching the Golden Girls. Oh, okay. 
All right. I can only imagine. Barb told the investigators that Phil must have had a heart attack. Not surprising. He was overweight and 71 years old. The next day was Halloween. Barb went on with her life. She even went for her weekly hair appointment and passed out candy to the neighborhood children. All while Phil's body lay in the garage. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't... I... The next day, November 1st, the body had begun to smell a bit. A bit. So Barb and Tammy decided that they had to get rid of Phil's body. They wrapped the rug that he was already wrapped in up with the tarp, used the orange electrical cord to secure the tarp, and added the two cinder blocks from the yard as added weight because she had a plan. Barb decided to sink Phil's body into the pond she had passed so many times on the days she would take Phil to work at the Ford Motor Company building. Okay. So this was pretty smart. Barb and Tammy made a ramp up to the tailgate of the truck. Using the electrical wire, they attached the end to the back of Tammy's car going over the cab of the truck. Okay. Can you picture this? Yeah. So, all right. Tammy slowly drives forward and Barbara maneuvered Phil's body from the ramp. Into the bed of the truck. Into the bed of the truck. And it worked. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That was pretty smart, I thought. Barb drove to the pond at night and tried to roll Phil's tarped up body into the pond, but it got caught up. Barb tried to push it the rest of the way, but it started raining and got too slippery. And she was afraid that she might hurt herself. So Barb got back up to the truck and drove home. Sure. Just leaving him there. She seems to do that a lot when things just don't go her way. She goes, well, I'm just going to go back home and watch TV. <laughs> That's just it. Yeah. No matter what. That's true. But then I was thinking, where was Tammy? Why wasn't Tammy helping her mother get because him into the pond? Because she's a lazy bum also <laughs> and doesn't want to do anything. It's bad enough that she has to even live with her mom, much less do extra work, like help dispose <laughs> of her father's body in a pond. Well, Barb's story seemed to fit with the evidence. Slam dunk, right? Sure. Okay, wrong. <laughs> That's all wrong. The investigators reminded Barb that they were running a toxicology report on Phil's remains. She became visibly upset and changed her story once again, oh. admitting there was more to the story and she hadn't been completely truthful. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This time, investigators brought in a prosecuting attorney to ask Barb questions and video recorded the confession. Barb went all the way back to seven years before. She had had a gambling problem and had gambled away a portion of their savings, approximately $70,000 worth. And she remortgaged their home behind Phil's back. So I'm guessing she didn't win. No, she was a loser. And she loved the riverboat casinos on Lake Michigan. I, and who doesn't? I know. Right? Right. I mean, I've yeah. never seen one, but I'm sure they're just lovely. Well, Phil eventually found out, and he was livid. I would leave you. Well, Barb- J Just so you know. I okay. would leave you if you Well, I would leave a, you too. If you so. developed a gambling problem and then spent all our money, I would leave you. In sickness and in health. That's not sick, and it's not health. Um, 
for richer or for poor or no no that's <laughs> if we become poor together like you know till death I, do us part i get baby. injured at work and can't work then we struggle through it okay well but. let's stop talking about us we need to talk about barb and phil <sighs> Well, (laughs) Barb tried to commit suicide soon after, and she was placed in a mental institution for seven days. When she got out, they tried to put their lives and marriage back together. Phil forgave Barb, but never fully trusted her ever again. You couldn't. No, you You, couldn't. There's no way. Okay, so I get it. People... There's so many people with gambling problems. It's actually way more common than we even realize. I'm just... Very unlucky, so I can't gamble. But if I was good at it, I can see the draw. Especially if you occasionally win. I don't know. All right. Since then, the couple's arguments were more and more frequent. Phil getting more verbally abusive, calling her a liar and telling Barb that she was always wrong. Phil began going on rampages and became physically abusive towards Barb. Now, this is Barb saying this. Sure. There's been no other evidence given to believe that Phil was an abuser. Okay. Okay? This is just Barb. Just her saying it. Yes. All right. The night Phil died, he had been on another one of his rampages. He believed that Barb had gotten up out of her chair to go into the bathroom to get ready to go somewhere. He screamed at her, you're not going anywhere. Phil swung at her face and cut her nose with his ring. He swung at her again and scratched her arm with his ring. Now, I didn't see any pictures of these wounds. I didn't hear any more about these wounds than in one article that I had read. I wonder what kind of ring he allegedly had that was so scratching. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it would have to be a really sharp ring, which typically men don't have rings like that. Well, I never saw any proof of this. So Phil then shoved Barb into the door and she fell to the ground. She was able to get up, ran into the bathroom and lock the door. She then listened to Phil yell and rage outside of the door. Barb knew that the next day Phil would be going to the bank to withdraw money from their joint account and that he had told her he would be taking her name off of his accounts. She had been secretly helping out their daughter, Tammy, behind his back. Barb had given her over $4,000. When Phil saw that they were $4,000 short in their account, he would have come unglued and Barb needed to protect not only her, but Tammy. Phil had been threatening to kick Tammy out for weeks, but she had nowhere to go. So does that make sense? Yes. I mean, it makes sense in that this is the story she's trying to sell right. the prosecutors. Right. Okay. So she was scared that Phil was going to realize right. that she was taking money out and giving it to Tammy. Okay. From behind that bathroom door, Barb decided to kill Phil. Every night, Barb would heat up the last bit of coffee from the coffee pot and serve it to Phil. That night, she decided to add something a little special. 10 clonopin and five arcanes. These are muscle relaxers that Barb used for her Parkinson's. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Barb was a retired nurse. She knew that these pills would not kill Phil. They would just put him into a heavy sleep. After he drank the microwave coffee with the 15 sedatives in it, he began to snore. 
Okay, so I have a quick mm-hmm. point question. Okay. Every night, according to her, she heats up coffee and gives it to him. Yes. How in the hell does he have restful sleep every night? Especially he's a big guy, right? Probably high blood pressure, all yeah. those kinds of things. He's 71. That is the last thing he should be having right before he goes to bed. Well, some people drink coffee and it does the opposite to them. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he had ADHD. Mm, at 71? <laughs> I'm just, oh, all right. I'm just surprised. I know. Some people can't drink coffee after 2 p.m. And some people can drink coffee and go straight to bed. That's true. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. I'm just surprised that that's what he would have right before he went to bed was coffee. That was his nightly routine. (laughs) Well, after Phil began to snore, Barbara stole 10 vials of Tammy's insulin because she was a diabetic and gave them all to Phil from a syringe in his arm. Okay, that might do something to him yeah, for sure. Yeah. She loaded okay. him with insulin, right. knowing full well it would kill him. So this would be an insulin overdose. Yep. Phil stopped breathing. He was soon dead. Mm-hmm. Tammy came home and tried to get her mom to call 911 to get help, but Barbara knew if he went to the hospital, they would know right away that what she had done. Sure. Okay. She was able to convince Tammy to help her get rid of Phil's body. I guess because Tammy is kind of a piece of crap, right? She's also capable of going along with her mom. They were kind of a duo. Yeah. They were each other's best friend. Oh, God. Yeah. So once again, Barbara says, like, Tammy peaced out. She didn't help her remove the body or take the body to the pond. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe right. maybe Tammy had a little bit of conscience, like she just couldn't yeah, do it. That's true. Yeah. Barb was crying on tape saying how much she loved Phil dearly, but that they were always fighting and she had to protect herself and Tammy. Mm-hmm. It was all about she and Tammy. But they've been married forever. Yeah, 41 years. Mm-kay. On On November 10th, 2003, Barb was arrested for the murder of her husband of over 41 years. The community of Hobart and of Lake County, Indiana, were shocked. This little white-haired lady who looked like a nun or a librarian murdered her husband and left his body rolled in a tarp on the wooded shore of a pond. You know who was more shocked, though? Who? Their family. Well, yeah. Her sons and the grandchildren. They were shocked. No one had ever saw this coming. Phil and Barb were your normal all-American middle-class family. One week later, Tammy was charged with improperly moving a dead body, but was not charged as an accessory to murder. Barbara's trial began on September 26, 2005. She pled not guilty. Okay. The state made it very clear to the jury that they should not be deceived by Barbara. Even though she looks very grandmotherly, she planned out and murdered her husband of over 40 years. Well, she confessed already, too. Right. That she was motivated by greed. And that Barbara confessed on tape to having at one time gambled away part of their savings and mortgaged their home without Phil's knowledge. Barbara then gives over $4,000 to their daughter Tammy without Phil's consent, 
knowing full well that when he realizes it's gone, what little trust they have will be tainted. Phil was about to discover her deception. So the murder plot begins. But Phil needed to be gone and not just dead since Barbara wanted to conceal the death for his monthly earnings. Barbara's confession to the police was exact, and the toxicology report confirmed that. This is what the state is saying to the jury. Okay. Phil had between 20 to 400 times the amount of insulin in his body than he should have had naturally. Oh, boy. Even though he was a big guy, his body would never have produced that amount of insulin. And there were ample amounts of sedatives found in his body. Phil had been murdered. The end. (laughs) After the prosecution rested, it was the defense's turn. Barbara got on that stand and recanted everything she had said in her supposed confession. She said that she was tired and overwhelmed with grief, that the investigators had asked her leading questions, and she had become confused. Now, I watched part of her confession, and she was in control of what she was saying. They were not asking her leading questions at all. She was telling them a story. She had found him dead, but only tried to conceal his natural death to keep collecting on his Social Security benefits and his retirement checks. Barbara did not have any explanation for the amount of sedatives or insulin found in Phil's toxicology report. Barbara believes Phil's death was from natural causes. I'm sorry, Barbara, there's no way. There's no way that that's natural. No. She also told the jury that she was taking Phil down to the pond to give him a Viking funeral because he did not want to be buried in a coffin. Okay, so Viking funerals, if I remember, is they put you in like a canoe or a wooden platform And they light you on fire and push you out into the middle of a pond or river or ocean. And then you sink. I'm sorry, tying your husband up with um, orange electrical wire and cinder blocks and a blue tarp? Yeah, an orange extension cord, the area rug. First of all, that thing is going to smolder like horribly. (laughs) I mean, she would have to cover him in like gasoline. And even then it may not really burn. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, she'd have to put something significant around him to burn. Well, the autopsy was also used in the defense's case. There was no evidence found of injection sites, considering Barbara confessed to injecting Phil with a needle at least 10 times. But his insulin was too high to be natural. It had to be fake. Right. Or it had to be... And- and a tiny, Man-made. Like a, a tiny diabetic needle right. is really tiny. Okay, well, on because o- they obviously have to use it often. Yeah, well, on October third, the jury heard the state's closing argument. In that statement, they tried their best to explain the lack of injection sites. Now, there were three possibilities. Number one, Phil's body had been decomposing for four days before he was found, and two of those days he was wrapped in a tarp out in the elements. The injection sites could have been gone due to decomposition. Oh, absolutely. There's number two. Barbara was a trained nurse. It was possible that she knew how to give an injection without leaving a mark. Oh, absolutely. Okay, number three. The prosecutor got down and dirty and brought a syringe with a needle into court. He started stabbing himself with the needle in the arm 
to the shock of the jury sitting right in front of him. He then said, can anybody see a hole? And they couldn't. The needle used for an insulin shot is usually very small. This is one kick-ass prosecutor. Oh, yeah. He just started wailing away on his arm. He's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah, he went for it. Dang. On October 4th, the case was given over to the jury. Had the defense attorney poked enough holes in Barbara's confession to give at least one juror reasonable doubt? No. Yeah, no. No. Eleven and a half hours later, 64-year-old Barbara was convicted of the murder of her husband, Phil. She was sentenced to 55 years in prison and is living out her life in the Indiana woman's prison. Barbara still, to this day, says that Phil died of natural causes. Well, of course. According to the Indiana Department of Corrections website, Barbara's release date is scheduled for May 10th, 2028. She's still alive. Oh, boy. Well, that's what I could find. she is, so she's 64 plus 55, so she'll be 119 years old when she gets out? Well, I think because of her age and she is suffering from Parkinson's, I think they're releasing her early. So her release date is May 10th. 2028. She was actually a part of this statewide appeal to be released early because of COVID, because of her age. And, but it didn't happen. Fun fact Daniel, you ready for my fun fact? Yes. Many people in Barbara's family and in the town of Hobart believe that it was actually Tammy who murdered Phil and that her mother is covering for her. That's how I thought this was going to go. Me too. Tammy had motive, and she had the insulin since she was the diabetic. She did plead guilty to the charge of improperly moving a dead body and served 18 months in prison. I'm surprised she served any time for moving a dead body. Yeah, but because she didn't call 911 to get him help. Yeah. So I think she pled to improperly moving a dead body so that she wouldn't be charged with accessory to murder. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she took the lower. So she knew she would get something, but at least she knew that was going to be it. Right. There's one interview that I saw with one of the brothers, and he said that he believes that his mom is covering for Tammy. Okay, here's what I think. Hmm. I bet Phil kind of lost it with Tammy. And was like, you know what? You need to get your crap together and get the hell out of here. We're not supporting you anymore. I'm tired of your mother basically giving you money behind her back. It's not helping you. Blah, blah, blah. Something to that effect. Probably lost it. Said things he probably shouldn't have. Mm. And some things he definitely should have said. And she's probably kind of spoiled. I mean, she must be spoiled. Or why would she come home at 42? Well, right? I think her mom was always bailing her out. But that's what I'm and saying. And her dad yeah. was that's what I'm saying. just the, trying to keep the peace. The mother was enabling her. Well, even the brothers had said that Tammy was spoiled and she was spoiled okay. by Phil, so, see, too. I just said that. That's what I said. No, I know. Spoiled, I, it, so. When you talk, it brings up all this other information that I have read and stuff. Yeah. So I think she just immediately got all pissed off mm-hmm. and then was like, I don't want to have to take care of myself so then she would have slipped him the sedatives but she'd have to know if she killed him then then who's gonna pay for stuff like that's stupid maybe she didn't think that far ahead probably not well one of them killed him 
One of those two women killed him. For sure. One is serving time in prison. And Tammy is the only one that talks to her mom. Everybody else said peace out. And they don't talk to her. If she didn't directly kill her husband, she was definitely in on it. Mm. Because she wasn't that upset. She didn't visibly Mm -hmm. really show anything. And I'm sorry, but they went around and gathered stuff from the house. Yeah, and then that's, just left oh it gosh. there like they weren't going to figure out that all of these pieces of evidence came from your house and your property. Yeah, these are not <laughs> the brightest bulbs in the knife drawer. Oh, that's they're true. not. No. They are not. All right. Well, my sources for this case were Barbara's appeal records, of course, a ton of articles, and I even had to purchase a three-month subscription to the Northwest Indiana Times. Because there were some articles I needed to read. Is that where all our money's going? But I couldn't open them without a subscription. So remind me that I need to find another case where I can use the subscription within the next three months. And justify it. it. (laughs) It was a dollar. (laughs) Oh, okay. And we're giving to a good cause. It was actually, they had a lot of really great information on that site. There was the LA Times you subscribed to that's like $50 or something. And I'm like, I forgot. What the hell is this? I forgot that I had to subscribe to that. See, guys, this is why you need to go join our Patreon. We don't want to do ads. But we do need to make a little bit of money to pay for all these things that I have to do. don't make any money. It costs way more. No. Oh, gosh. This podcast game is not cheap, guys. Sorry. (laughs) In case you were thinking of starting one. And then, of course, your time. But anyway. All right. Anyways. But I also found a snapped episode, which was informative. And you you have to love a good old recreation of events using local actors and actresses in a snap. Now I would love to see how they depict Tammy. They don't show Tammy the actress's face. (laughs) They just show her from behind. Gotcha. I'll post pictures. Um, I'm sorry if we keep making fun of people, but you know what? When you do horrible things, you deserve to be made fun of. It's not that. What? This is an audio show. Right? Right. So that means your brain has to visualize the audio. So if there's anything we have to go off of, or we're trying to describe it, or if there's a little picture, then it makes the story clearer. That's true. Absolutely. Because you're like, oh my gosh, I get it. I see her. I see him. Or that makes more sense. I get it. We have some Patreons we want to thank. All right. We want to thank Emily B., Thank you, Emily. Thanks, Emily. Barbara M. We have no idea who that is. <laughs> it's Daniel's mom. Thank you, mom. <laughs> Aww. We want to thank Julie MC. What is MC? Mick. Mick. Okay. Because Mick, we have Mick another period. Julie M. So I want to say Julie Mick. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And I want to say last names just in no, case. I don't yeah. know. All right, except for the next guy. You can say his last name. Okay, I'm going to thank, from the bottom of my heart, A. Gomez. (laughs) (laughs) It's another one of our friends. It is. Very supportive. Thank you, sir. We really, really appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being executive producers of our humble little podcast. Yep. And if any of you would like to be part of our growing community, just go to patreon.com and type in Till Death Do Us Part podcast and we'll pop up. There we will be. And we got a lot of extra episodes on Patreon. 
We're trying our best. We are. We really don't want to do ads, you guys. We're trying to do this old school. We're trying to do this word of mouth. So help us. Help us get to where we want to be. Right. And we have grown. We've gone from 11 to 12. Yes. It's really working for us. And we're going to be starting some giveaways over on our Patreon. We even had some shirts made. Oh, I thought you were going to say like a car. No. Just threw up a little bit. (laughs) You guys wanted 2011. You get a car. You get a car. (laughs) You get a car. Yeah, but we got some shirts made. Holy shirts. And they're super cute and simple, and I love them. And so we're going to start giving shirts away over on our Patreon and other things, too. Plain white undershirts. Plain white tees from Walmart. No, they're (laughs) wife beaters, of course, right? Oh, are we allowed to call those shirts wife beaters anymore? I I didn't name them. I don't know. I I don't even know what we're allowed to say anymore. Anyways... Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed our show, go give us a review. That'd be really great. Yep. Help us grow. All right. Well, be careful. For marriage is a life sentence. And divorce is always the better option. Sure. Bye. Bye.